0: Last week on the Joes on the Pros podcast. You know, we've never seen a
1: guy like this before, and I just don't know if it can last the season in New England. I think Daniel Jones has to light a spark for this offense. Eli Manning hasn't been getting it done over the last couple years. I am indifferent with how the Ravens are going to be this year. Um, The Dolphins' defense
0: was abysmal. The Arizona team is also not good. I want to see this team against
1: talent before I can call them contenders. The Bills could very well start 3-0, and I think they will start 3-0.
0: You are now tuning in. Joe's on the pros podcast with your host judy riddle and casey warner covering all the latest topics in today's sports I got to tell you what, it is awesome to be back here in studio. We did not have an episode last week because we were at a huge conference in Dallas for radio. Obviously, we are students in college trying to make our way, trying to get into the radio business, and we had a great time in Dallas.
1: Made a lot of cool connections. Casey, what did you think about Dallas? It was a great experience. Got to see a couple good restaurants we heard about down there. Enjoyed the food. Enjoyed the conference, of course. Enjoyed all the camaraderie with all the great experts in the business that we met. It was a great time. We even had a little Bit of a sports interaction down there that was pretty fun involving the Cowboys. So overall, a great trip. But even more so, we're glad to be back here on the fourth episode of the Joe's on the Pros podcast. I
0: mean, we actually did attempt to at least record an episode while we were down there, but unfortunately, our mics that we brought, we did not have the proper equipment. We did not come completely prepared to record an episode. Didn't look into all the intangibles. We kind of just was going to wing it. But we are back here, uh, here at WKU, and we are ready to give you all the topics that we have seen in the last two weeks of the NFL. We are going to play up a little bit of catch up here on this episode, but we got a lot of great content. Are you ready to go, Casey? Oh, I'm ready as I'll ever be. All right. Well, the first thing we got to talk about, it's a little bit of old news pertaining to now, but Antonio Brown just got released from the Patriots about two weeks ago. And I got to say, Casey, I called it. I told you. I said he is not going to make it the whole season with the New England Patriots. I told you they were going to put up with it, and
1: I was right. What do you got? What do you got to say about that one? I'm a little surprised that the mastermind Darth Sidious, as I like to call him, uh, Bill Belichick, wasn't able to uh, have his ways with Antonio Brown. I'm surprised that he wasn't able to, you know, discipline him enough to keep him around, keep him on the team, and have that plug and play mentality, like I was talking about. But uh, you know, it's clearly, clearly, he is not right overall and he is just not in the right spot mentally to be playing football right now he does not belong on any NFL team he is about himself right now he does not want to be a team player and it did not work out in New England I thought it was going to based off of that successful first game he had but it is a lot more than just going out there and playing the game of football for Antonio Brown and he did not get it done in New England and he is now out of the league at the moment.
0: Now. I did say that I didn't think that he would get kicked off the Patriots over the sexual assault allegations that he has against him currently, but I guess kind of the reason that he did get kicked off was a little bit of a mixture of both, because it wasn't necessarily the allegations that were brought upon him, because the Patriots had already known that when they had signed him, but with that being said, I mean, it really, it was, it pertained to the topic of that, but the reason being that he got released was because he couldn't help it to text the girl that accused him of that and try and tell her that she was lying and then why are you doing this and you're trying to ruin me and really just taking a really immature route with uh, you know the whole predicament that he's in you know most lawyers try and tell you to you know keep it quiet you know only you know give good comments don't say anything uh, reckless don't get in contact especially with the person that's accusing you of this kind of stuff and he went in and did a group message with his lawyer and her and other people and i just think that is the most ridiculous thing that you can do with somebody in that predicament and i mean like i said it came down to his antics what is he going to do is he going to shape it up and he didn't and the patriots reacted and they got him out of here so casey i got to ask you from going here the patriots have kicked him out of the organization he is gone he has already said he's like oh i'm done with the nfl you know uh you know they can just get away with you know you know, voiding my, all my contracts, getting rid of all of my money. And so apparently he is done with the NFL right now. And that's for right now. Obviously, we've seen um, players change their opinions on this kind of stuff. But in the
1: future, do you see any team signing him in the future? I just don't see it. There's too much going on right now. And there has been too many warning signals sent out by the league for this to happen. I mean, Roger Goodell made a statement after he got released that basically was saying, you know, if you do sign with the team, then we're going to have to put him on the exempt list. And he's going to have to go through with this investigation further before he can play again. So, you know, I just don't think there's any way that he's going to be back in the league anytime soon, maybe years down the road, and even at that, he's going to be getting older, and he's getting he's increasing with age by the day it goes. So I just I don't see it. He still hasn't met with investigators. The investigators say he is not going to be able to play until he meets with them. It's just not looking good for him right now. Uh, he has 61 million dollars in lost salary that he has filed nine grievances with the league about right now. So he is in complete conflict with not only the teams he has been with, but the entire league and Roger Goodell. It is not a Good situation for him. It's really sad to see all that talent go to waste. I really think he could have been in the conversation for one of the greatest receivers of all time. And it's just, it's really sad to see that talent go to waste because we probably will not see him play another down in the NFL. I think. And it's crazy because such
0: a huge topic that's been going on in the NFL, you know, the last couple of years has been really like with Terrell Owens and Chad Ochocinco. Like these guys have great numbers and they are studs on the field and they put up such great numbers and they put up great plays uh, for their respected teams in the early 2000s and it seemed like a big topic in the media was that they were getting held out of the hall of fame because of their antics and now we see a guy like antonio brown who's put up even better numbers than those guys have here in this generation um and it And his career is coming to a short end and his antics make Terrell Owens and Chad Ochocinco's like child's play. And so I got to say, like, you know, this year, obviously, that the risk of him getting put on the commissioner's exemption list is going to refrain teams from probably going out to get him. But what about next year? Let's say that this whole lawsuit thing, these allegations get dropped. He gets found that he's cleared and he is eligible to come back and play. Do you see, like, a team out of desperation, like, picking him up? Or, like you said earlier, like, is it just too much? Is is his antics too much? Is he too much of a liability to an organization?
1: Well, keyword you said there is desperation. I think, you know, with desperation, any team is willing to sign anybody. We've seen that. Um, I just – I can't see any team that has been successful or has had any kind of success in the last few years taking that risk or taking that chance with Mr. Brown. He just has too much of a personality, too much of a me, me, me attitude for any team that wants to win to welcome that. It is very hard when you have a winning franchise, a winning team like that to welcome somebody like that. It's hard for them to adapt, and he's just. There's been too much in the media. There's been too much with the coaches. There's been too much with other players. You just you can't have a player like that on your team. I think if a team really wants to, you know, revamp their whole entire franchise, I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, maybe if the Dolphins end up 1-15, and 16 this year, and they want to go over the top this offseason, they may end up considering Antonio Brown. I'll say a team like that, maybe out of desperation might, but as far as, as we know right now, I don't think he's going to play another down. And I probably can agree with you there that he I don't see him playing another down either.
0: His antics have been over the top. And like you said, he's been getting in some Twitter conflicts like with Eric Weddle. And also a guy that we're going to get into talking about right now is Baker Mayfield. He tweeted at Baker Mayfield saying that Lamar Jackson should have got drafted before him in the 2018 draft. So let's get into that a little bit. That game against the Ravens, obviously it was a huge matchup um, this past weekend with the Ravens and the Browns. A divisional matchup against two quarterbacks. Last two Heismans before Kyler Murray won. Um, and also you know you know they got drafted in the same class and in and they're both in the same division, so we got to get into this, Casey. It was a huge game, a huge matchup, and the Browns got it done. Is there probably their biggest marquee win on the season? Because the only other win that they had was against the Jets when they had their third string quarterback in there. So what can you say about that game? Are th- you know are things going up for the Cleveland Browns? Is are they on the right track? Are they moving up in the rankings?
1: Well, they're definitely on the right track. I'll give it to them. It was a big win. Uh, they needed that. They needed that to boost their season. I think if they would have went. One and three after that game, you would have started hearing, you know, the overhyped, you know, what are they doing? Where do they go from here? A little drama might have started to arise, but that is exactly what they needed right there. It was a big win. It certainly puts them on the right track, and they have a big game coming up this week, but I still think the division is wide open. You got all those teams within one game of each other right now, and that is a big, big week for all those teams right now. Cleveland will play at San Francisco on Monday night football, going 2 3 0 San Francisco. That might be the game of the week, right there, to see who is real and who isn't. San Francisco, a lot of people are liking them early. A lot of people are saying, you know, they might be contenders in the NFC West, maybe compete with the Rams, the Seahawks. But we are really going to see what Cleveland's made of this Monday night. And I agree. And the Steelers also play against the Baltimore Ravens this weekend. So
0: it's really going to kind of show where the rankings and the standings are going to go in the AFC North in the coming weeks. But I got to give you these little stats here because these are actually really interesting stats that I pulled. So Baker Mayfield had a pretty solid game this weekend, obviously. He completed 66% of his passes and for 342 yards, a touchdown, and an INT. In his career thus far, Baker Mayfield is 6-0 when passing less than 31 times a game, and he's only 3-9 when passing for more than that. So it really kind of shows that when they get the running game going and the defense is playing at a high level like it did against Baltimore, that it really kind of sets them in. I give it to uh, Freddie Kitchens that he actually gave Baker Mayfield a pretty good, solid game plan, and on top of that, some of his weapons that he has there on the offensive end really showed out Nick Chubb, 20 rushing attempts for 165 yards and three touchdowns, averaging about eight yards per carry, and then Jarvis Landry, you know, Odell Beckham was obviously getting double-teamed. They were all over him, especially when, you know, they were choking him out down there on the field, which was, you know, that's another topic to get into, but Jarvis Landry stepped up in replacement for him, having eight receptions for 167 yards, so obviously, like, yes, he has some help, and when this team is firing on, on all cylinders, it really shows the capability of this team, and now that they're in first place, you know, they're going to San Francisco, we don't really know what San Francisco is because, obviously, they got a win against Tampa Bay. They got a win against Cincinnati. And then they beat Pittsburgh with Mason Rudolph coming into his first start, obviously, all the way across the country in a hostile environment. So it's going to be a really big test for Baker and the Browns to see how they are going to step it up. Can they turn this season around? They obviously had a slow start, kind of like I talked about earlier uh, in our podcast this season.
1: But I don't know. We got We got to wait and see where things go from here. There are two reasons that was such a monumental victory for them and two very good reasons of them overcoming and showing that there's maybe more to come. One is... Odell Beckham only had two catches for 20 yards, so if you're winning a game like that and your best receiver only has two catches for 20 yards, that's a great sign right there. That's only more good things to come. If they can get Odell more involved as much as they did Landry and get both of them involved like that, that's going to be a great sign for them in the future. And not only that, but going into that game, the Ravens led the series since the Browns had been revamped in 1999. 30-10 30-10 going into that game. I mean, that's just complete domination of Ravens over Browns. So they had to overcome that. They have to start beating the Ravens. That's a team that they have not had success with in the last 20 years since they've been a franchise again. Have to win games like that. They're on the right track. I don't think they're quite in the open yet in the clear, but they made a big win and they made big improvements this week, and there's certainly reason to be happy for the future for them. And it was a big win, but I also got to kind of go into, you know, what the Baltimore Ravens did. Obviously, Lamar
0: Jackson has looked electric in the first couple. Weeks of the season, and people have been talking about how great he has looked. Past two weeks, like, yeah, he's put on some great numbers. You know, Lamar Jackson this past week completed 70% of his passes 70% of his passes, 24 of 34, um, and he had three touchdowns and two interceptions which are pretty solid numbers but those two interceptions came in the fourth quarter on top of a Mark Ingram fumble in that game you get three turnovers and the Browns get two touchdowns off of those that's going to make it really hard for a Ravens team like that to climb back in there so I got to tell you especially you know with how the Ravens performed obviously they didn't really perform up to their standards but you know they're playing better teams now like they did against the Kansas City Chiefs last week and now they're playing against the Cleveland Browns this isn't the Arizona Cardinals this isn't the Miami Dolphins anymore so is this kind of like an testament to what the Baltimore Ravens are are they
1: like as good as people you know first thought they were well, I'll tell you what. The Ravens have been kind of just like the Browns so far. They've had a couple good wins, a couple good losses. They're kind of a middle-of-the-road team right now, too. A lot of 2-2 two and two teams in the league right now. 13. So, 13 total. 13 teams that are 2-2 two and two right now. That is very eye-opening right there. Very tight division in the AFC North. So we'll just have to see where things go. With that being said, another tight division that we're
0: going to get into next after the break is the AFC South. All teams in the AFC South are currently 2-2, two and two, and some of these backup quarterbacks, quarterbacks are starting to surprise us. We'll get into that when we come back.
1: Get your motor Head out on the
0: highway Looking for adventure
1: We will now get into arguably the toughest division in the NFL right now, and that is the AFC South. Every single team is at 2-2, and we have a very special guest on here. We have Noah McGee. Who himself is a Colts fan. Noah, are you happy to be on here?
2: Yeah, of course. Of course. When Junie asked me, I was like,
1: yeah, anytime we get to talk on
2: the radio or podcast, whatever it is, talk about ball, it's always a good time. So I'm appreciative for you guys having me on.
1: Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to get into the AFC South a little bit here. That is the Colts, Texans, Jaguars, and Titans. They all sit at two and two. They have all had up and down seasons so far. Junie, now of all these teams right here, what is your team that you think is kind of on the up and up right now and could separate themselves? Um, I'm gonna stick with the team that I
0: had from the beginning, winning the division, and that's the Houston Texans. The reason I have the Houston Texans is because number one, as of right now, because of Andrew Luck's retirement, Deshaun Watson is the best quarterback in this division, in my opinion. And also, they got a you know, they've had a tough schedule, you know, coming into the season, you know, they played the Chargers, they've played the Saints, the Jaguars are always going to be a good in the division game, and then they played the Panthers, who have been looking pretty good with Kyle Allen, so I think all four of those games that they've played have been pretty tough thus far, and I think that they are going to pull away as a better team, just because Deshaun Watson is such a great young talent, they got a, you know, once-in-a-generational talent at receiver, when you're talking about Hopkins, you got Will Fuller coming back this year, and then you're also looking at Kenny Stills in that trade from Miami, like I said that they are pretty loaded on the offensive end. It's just whether or not that they can execute or not because some of these games that they've lost it just doesn't, it seems like it's kind of bad luck like with the Panthers it just really couldn't seem like they couldn't get any offensive game going and then you look at the game that they lost against the New Orleans Saints I mean if it wasn't for like Drew Brees driving down the field with 37 seconds left to go to set up his field goal kicker with a 50 you know some odd yard field goal to win that game you're talking about a Texans team that could possibly be undefeated right now if they've kind of lived up to the expectations that we've seen for them but yeah I definitely think that they are the best team the AFC South right now it's a little bit tight you know all those teams have been getting some good wins they've had some bad losses but I really think that they are the team that is standing out in the division right now
1: now, there are two teams in the AFC South that currently have backup quarterbacks in starting due to injury or retirement. That is the Indianapolis Colts. They have Jacoby Brissett in there. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, they have Gardner Minshew in there. And those two guys have had some struggles, but also had some success thus far. Now, Noah, what are your thoughts on the the uh, Colts right now? And where are you thinking they go with Jacoby Brissett? And what's kind of the mindset in the franchise right now? Honestly,
2: I think th- we're not really sure what's, I don't think what's going to happen. Like, I think, you know, this weekend, travel to Arrowhead back to Kansas City to play them again for the second time in the calendar year of 2019. And uh, both safeties are out. Malik Hooker is going to be out again this week. And Clayton Gathers might be out with a concussion. So, last time we played, we did a pretty good job of not letting Patrick Mahomes take the top off our defense. But I think that will be a different story this Sunday. So, I think this week might be you take your loss. But we regroup after the bye week. And that's what Frank Reich did a really good job of of rallying this team behind him and getting the locker room behind what he wanted to do and an influencing the culture in the locker room. Because that's what the problem's been with the Colts the past few years. They haven't had a culture, a mindset of a 1 and 0 every week culture. And and after the bye week, they get the Texans at home, then they play the Broncos, the Steelers, and the Dolphins. And so even if they lose this week, getting back to first place in the division like they were before we you know ultimately lost to the Raiders, which was a very big disappointment to me, it's very very doable. So right now, I think it's about keep it keep it close with the everybody else in the division because like you said this is the this is normally going to be one of the tighter divisions in the league so as long as they can win the games they're supposed to and maybe pull off an upset here and there they might be able to come out and win the division personally i don't think that they will, right now after losing to Oakland because I felt like that was really key to them making the playoffs if you ended up 3-1 and going into Arrowhead probably lose that
0: game then still being on top of going into bye week. but that just doesn't seem plausible now Now I gotta ask you Noah uh, we've already seen Jacoby Brissett play in an entire season when Andrew Luck was down with that injury about two years ago. Now I gotta ask we saw what he could do then but obviously that was two years ago and now is now and the Colts have really reamped that defense and they've really reamped that offensive line and given you know that organization the weapons that it so desperately needed. So, with this season, what do you expect from them? Do you expect them to make the playoffs? Do you expect Jacoby Brissett to lead them into the wild card or win the division? What is your over/under on wins? Like, where do you think they can go? I think it was
2: at ten before the Oakland game, I think well, I'm going to slide back to nine now. I think that they can finish. off. I think they can finish maybe with a, the last wild card spot, like they did last year. But like you were talking about, the offensive line is revamped. The defense. Matt Iberflus did a really good job last year with the defense. But, however, his scheme and of some offensive coordinators have come out this week and taking shots at it, that it's the most basic scheme in football to break apart. And I agree. So I think the defense is a little exposed right now. They're really banged up, even with Darius Leonard. After this weekend, with the Raiders running for 188 on us, um, Darius Leonard needs to get all the money whenever his contract time comes around because he he's clearly the key to this defense thriving, getting off the field on third down because they just couldn't do it to save their lives. So I think that it's gonna depend on who stays healthy the rest of the way, because normally when you talk about the Indianapolis Colts the past few years, it's about who's under center, who's taking snaps out of the gun, and who's, you know, lighting up the scoreboard on Sundays. But now you talk about when you think about the Indianapolis Colts, you arguably think about Quentin Nelson, Darius Leonard, T.Y. Hilton, guys who who build a a complete roster. And that's what Chris Ballard, the GM of the Colts, has said that this roster is built to compete Based off of its entirety and its depth and not based off the quarterback position like it has in the past So I think they might be able to
0: steal that last wild-card spot, but it's all about how they finish now We've also been talking about the Texans and the Colts But let's get into the other two teams two teams that have been kind of hard to you know See where they're going and that is the Titans and the Jaguars, you know since Gardner Minshew has taken over He has been two and one in his starts, you know going off these past two wins that he's had against the Titans and the the Broncos here uh but what do you think about Garner Minshew like what how good do you think he can be because obviously he's been looking pretty impressive we obviously saw that highlight in the red zone there where he was you know evading all the Broncos defenders and getting that touchdown so do you think Garner Minshew can actually be a threat in the AFC South
2: uh right now it's it's he is going to be he's I feel like he's Blake Bortles on steroids, basically. Like I feel like that they're going to give him a little. They're, they I think that Marone will be a little more loose with him in the offense. Let him sling it around a little more. The offensive line's a little bit better than has been in the past. Leonard Fournette, uh, after this past Sunday, running for over two twenty, looks like he's back to his former self. So I think Minshew can take this team to maybe nine ones. Maybe maybe they steal the last wild card spot, but it's gonna be about the defense. I'm not completely sold actually on Minshew. I which fairly understood. You know, he stepped into this role, didn't you know, nobody knew that Nick Foles was gonna break his collarbone. So he got thrown in here. And I think learning the offense, especially this young, you know, this young of an age that he's at in his NFL career, um, being a little difficult. But I think that maybe after a couple of years of they, they might be. He might be something to reckon with. But that's also with Nick Foles under center. So you got to ask yourself: When Nick Foles comes back, too, do you think there's a quarterback controversy in Jacksonville? I mean, I
0: definitely think there's going to be a quarterback controversy in Jacksonville if Gardner Minshew keeps playing the way he's playing. But then the last team that I think we should talk about is the Tennessee Titans. And I got into this with Casey in our previous episodes that we've had uh, this year. And that is that the Tennessee Titans are the most unpredictable team for me in the NFL. I can never tell when they're going to win or lose because there's some games where I think, you know, they're really going to get that win. I think that, you know, that they match up with this team great. And then they end up losing. Like they have two great wins on the road against the Atlanta Falcons and the Cleveland Browns but then they also have a home loss to the Colts and then they go to Jacksonville and Marcus Mariota is under duress the entire game it seems like he can't get anywhere with that offense and that offensive line because he's constantly under duress and couldn't get that offense moving you know whatsoever so I have to ask uh, what do you think about the Tennessee Titans? Do you think the Tennessee Titans can be a threat in the AFC South? I think I'm the most critical of the Titans than anybody you'll ever meet, at least AFC South-wise.
2: Like, as a fan of a team in the AFC South that's not the Titans, I think I'll always be the most critical, mainly because I've told everybody they might be, a, every year could be a 12-1 team with the roster they have top to bottom, but there's one problem: Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota yeah. is too human to play quarterback in this division with, especially with some stout defenses and to carry a team into the playoffs because. My thing is, you cannot win... Multiple. You can't win multiple postseason games with a quarterback that has bar- thrown for over twenty touchdown passes once in one season so far in his five year, six year NFL career. It's just you can't do that. I mean, you think about it. They have a great offensive line. They have the running back. They have a stout defense. They have, Mike Vrabel is a is a hard headed head coach and he plays to win. And I love guys who plays to win. He's he's gutsy and everything like that. So I don't know. The Titans. It's mainly going to depend on how Marcus Mariota finishes the year. All
0: right. Real quick before we get to the next topic, if you have to. Pick one team that's going to win the AFC South today. Who is it? You always take the team with the best quarterback, so I think the Houston Texans win the AFC South. There we go. So earlier in the show, we were getting into Antonio Brown, and if he was ever going to play again in his whole situation, well, let's get into another guy that actually that was his teammate, you know, going into this season before he got uh, released, was Vontez perfect for the Oakland Raiders, and this also kind of pertains to the Colts game, because this past weekend he had a huge hit against Jack Doyle where he lowered his head while Jack Doyle was on a knee Basically saying that he was down and he had already gotten the catch. He was a defenseless player. And this is just another incident that is racking up for Vontez Perfect and his headhunting ways of playing. So I got to ask you guys, you know, the both of you, what do you all think about Vontez Perfect? And obviously he got the one year suspension, which is setting an NFL record because we have never seen a suspension for a whole year based off something that occurred on the field. So I'm going to start with you, Casey. What do you think about the whole Vontez Perfect situation?
1: Well, I've always been a proponent of the league has become watered down. The league has become, you know, saturated with this – too many big hits, too many worries about concussions, too many worries about player safety. Nonsense! Nonsense! You play to hit people. You play to go out there and win the game and knock the crap out of somebody. That's what I did when I played football and I'll tell you what, I love his intensity. I love the I don't care attitude. He may be stupid about it, but he's out there to hit somebody and he's out there to play football. Now what I hope for Vontez Perfect is he realized the league has changed. There are rules that you cannot do that stuff anymore. You have got to be smarter about it. You can still go out there, have fun, knock the crap out of people, and have a good time, but you just got to be a little bit smarter about it, man. Don't aim with the crown of your helmet. Don't go for their heads. Don't do stuff like that. Go a little bit lower, man. Pop them in the shoulder. Pop them on the chest. Something. I love his attitude, though. He's out there to hit people. John Gruden agrees with me. He's not happy about this. He came out and said he has no comment on the situation, which I would assume means he is very unhappy about this. That is one of his best tacklers out there, and this man is 29 years old. He has 13 suspensions now, and finds in seven seasons in the league. He's out there clearly to hit people, and he wants that to be known. And I'll tell you what, Vontez Perfect is a force to be reckoned with. When he comes back, keep hitting, my man. Keep hitting. Just be a little bit smarter about it.
0: Now, what ESPN reported the other day was that Vontez Burfik leads the league with 23 personal fouls and 15 flags for unnecessary roughness since 2012 when he entered the league. He's also been fined nearly half a million dollars because of these hits and has lost $3.7 due to suspension. So it's just something that he has got to change. And to go back on your point, like I said, football is a physical sport and obviously we want to keep that physicality in the game. But when you think about the NFL the NFL is a business they are here to make money and when they are losing money due to lawsuits for these players who are you know developing CTE and signs of this and a ton of players are you know coming to the NFL trying to sue them for money they have got to do something about this and this is their answer but no you know this is against your guy Jack Doyle for the Colts what did you think about the play and what do you think should go from here for Vontez Perfect of course I think you know in real
2: time I think the suspension at least from the game was was totally deserved and I kind of agree with Casey about how football is a physical sport. I love the physicality of it. I I love big, nasty defensive players who loved, you know, it's all about laying the lumber. That's where the biggest highlights are in football. And I'm all for it. But like you said, Vontez Perfect has clearly shown, you know, it's a little—he's a little reckless sometimes. Whenever guys, whenever tight ends, receivers, and running backs coming over the middle, so I feel like if he cleans that up, that's all fine. But there's just some things that he's done in the past. Just it's completely unnecessary. So for this, for the time being, yeah, I agree with the one-game suspension. Now I don't know about the whole year, but I think that's kind of his fine. What this was is this was Roger Goodell's final warning to Vontez is that. He's done with it. He's done with the act that he he needs to clean up
0: the way he plays. If he wants to play in the National Football League. And I think that, you know, Goodell is making an example out of Vontez Perfect. Obviously, the league has been pushing this to be changed for years, and he is so sick and tired of somebody like Vontez Perfect to be a repeat offender of this, and, you know, basically showing that he doesn't care. Like, he was obviously mocking the crowd there in Indianapolis when he was walking off, and it really just kind of shows that his attitude about how he doesn't care. You know, I get it. Like, I played football as well. Like, I love the physicality of the game, but when in order to keep the safety of these guys because some of these football players are dying. And if you ever watch that movie about CTE, it shows you the pain and the agony that they go through, not only for themselves, but for their families and stuff like that. So this is something that, you know, the NFL is really trying to do a good job of changing. Like, no, don't take the physicality out of the game, but let's try and protect our players so that, you know, more people and some of the best athletes in the world want to continue to play in this game and keep making this game great. But, you know, that's all the time we got. Noah McGee, I appreciate you coming on the Joes on the Pros podcast. It's been absolutely great. Uh, We really appreciate you getting on here with us. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on. All righty. And coming up next, guys, we are going to talk about uh, the inconsistent teams and are some of those teams possible contenders? You know, we see some teams get some big wins and then some nasty losses the following week. So me and Casey are going to get into some of those teams where we think that they're going to end up and how they are going to do the rest of the season. So every week we always have games in the NFL that are kind of unexpected. Teams that we don't think that are going to beat other teams obviously happen on a weekly basis because this is professional football, Casey. Like anybody can win any single game and i got to tell you there are some really good teams out there that we just really aren't sure about all these teams are two and two currently uh some of the some of these teams we already talked about in our last segment with the afc south so let's get into these teams we are about to get into talking about whether these teams are contenders or are they pretending are they going to be good you know because obviously from a week to week basis they're beating some good teams and they're losing to some not so good teams so let's get into this we're talking about the chargers we're talking about the eagles we're talking about the texans we're talking about the Titans so Casey give me your teams that you think that are actually going to be contenders come into the season and some teams that you just think that you know they're just not there yet I'm
1: taking the Chargers and the Eagles for two reasons simply so I'm taking the Chargers and the Eagles both because they have favorable schedules coming up LAC plays Denver Pittsburgh and Tennessee Three teams right there that are either at or below 500. That's a pretty favorable schedule for LAC. Then Philadelphia has the New York Jets, Minnesota Vikings, and then a big one, potential huge game, for division deciding factors with the Dallas Cowboys. Those two schedules right there for those two teams are pretty favorable, I'd say. Not only that, but the Philadelphia Eagles' Jordan Howard had three total touchdowns this last week. A breakout game for him. Miles Sanders had not been getting it done as the starting running back. They definitely have got to start Jordan Howard from now on. He's going to spark that offense, and they need to get him in there every week and get him multiple touchdowns because that's a good look for that offense. And then LAC. Philip Rivers has looked great this year so far, 105.8 QB rating, and they got my man Melvin Gordon coming back, who is on my fantasy team, hoping to produce some big numbers from him in the coming weeks. They got Austin Eckler still, too, that they can use to spell him. Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler. Philip Rivers, that combination of those three looks good for the Chargers. Jordan Howard looking good for the Eagles. I think those two teams are contenders right there. I'm
0: going to have to disagree with you on the LA Chargers simply because they've been kind of a disappointment to me. I actually predicted them to win the division this year. They're in the AFC West, and they just have not been living up to it. I don't know what I was thinking. Mahomes has come out as hot as possible. But yes, no, the Chargers have been really disappointed me. Their wins are against the Dolphins and Colts week one, so that's just Kobe Brissett's first start uh, since Andrew Luck was out two years ago and I got to tell you they barely won that game and when they were playing against the Dolphins I know they pulled away in the second half but were there are for a, you know a long period of time the Dolphins had their first lead in a game in the entire season and they were tied at 10 for a good portion of the game the Chargers are not playing up to their caliber and then you got a loss to the Lions and the Texans where it was pretty substantial that those teams dominated them in a fashion especially with the Texans getting them a win at home so I got to say Casey I just don't I don't think that the Chargers are there yet. The team chemistry isn't there. Obviously, Melvin Gordon coming back is going to you know, give that offense a little bit more of the mix. But Derwin James there at safety for them, you know, him being out is really killing that defense. And I think that not having him, Melvin Gordon is probably going to take a long time for him to get back in the mix. I just don't see it this year for the Chargers. It was there for them last year. They had a great season. They missed their opportunity, obviously, having to go to Gillette State Stadium for the divisional round in the playoffs and getting absolutely waxed by the Patriots. I just don't see it from them this year. They're not looking good for me. And then we also agree on the Philadelphia Eagles it's easy. Carson Wentz is a stud. He is looking great coming back. You know, obviously they have a loss to the Falcons and the Lions as well. Both games that they, you know, probably should have won um, You know, against the Falcons. They had all those injuries, especially to Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey there. And I think if they would have had them for that entire game, that they probably would have won because the Falcons have looked pretty bad this year. And then you go to the Detroit game. You know, obviously that last call with Darren Sproles pushing off that offensive pass interference if that's not called and they make a different play then you're talking about a totally different game so I gotta say Casey uh, the Eagles are looking pretty nice and they have a favorable schedule like you said but the team that I'm still high on just like I talked about uh, before we went to break with the AFC South is the Houston Texans that man Deshaun Watson I am 100% on the Deshaun Watson train Uh, obviously they need some improvements to that offensive line they got ton of weapons like I said earlier and I am just 100% with this Texans team, and especially with, you know, Garner Minshew and Jacoby Brissett being backup starters in that division. And then you also look at the Tennessee Titans who are inconsistent – You know, always, like like I said, the Tennessee Titans losing to the Colts and the Jaguars, beginning big wins against the Browns and Falcons, both away games, you just never know with the Titans. And I just think that this Houston Texans team is going to start getting a spark on that offense. The more they play with each other, the better they are going to get, and I think that they are going to be much better down the stretch. But I have to disagree with you on the Chargers, man. I like the Chargers, I like Phillip Rivers, but it is just not looking like their year, man. And I mean, the That's might say something different, but you know I like to see results. I like to see Ws, and right now they do not have one good W on the season this year.
1: Now, both of these teams have something in common that I will say, the two teams that I have that are not contenders are the Texans and the Titans, and the reason I'll disagree with you on the Texans is, they have a heck of a schedule coming up, man. They play the Falcons this week, then they play Kansas City the week after that, then they play the Colts which will always be a tough division game when they play the Colts. That is a tough schedule for them right there. Tennessee also has a a tough schedule. They play Buffalo, Denver, then the L.A. Chargers. Those are two tough schedules right there. But overall, the big word that I use to describe these two AFC South teams and what we've discussed with this whole division is inconsistency. These two teams just have not shown they can be consistent. And I'll tell you why the Texans haven't been consistent. Their offense has been up and down. When they lost to New Orleans, they scored 28 points, a good showing from the offense. When they won against the Chargers, they scored 27 points. But then in another loss and another win, they scored 13 points and 10 points in those two games. So it's kind of like we're trying to figure out if this offense is really going to get going or if it's not going to get going. I have all the confidence in the world in Deshaun Watson. I don't think he's the issue there. But I just I don't know why this offense has been so inconsistent against good teams and then against bad teams. The key word here is consistency. If the Texans can be consistent, then yeah, I think they can come out of that division, but they're just not consistent right now. And I really think Tennessee is even more so inconsistent right now. This this division is totally jumbled right now. All the teams are 2-2. Two two. Anybody can break away in that division. There is no confidence I have personally in the Tennessee offense. With Mike Vrabel running that team, he is a hard nose, tough guy who wants to play defense and run the ball. And being a Rams fan, seeing Jeff Fisher run that kind of play in St. Louis for so many years, I am no fan of anybody that wants to play defense all the time and run the ball. That's not going to win you games. The Titans cannot do that. And Marcus Mariota, we know he's not the best guy. We know he's not that consistent. And the key word here, like I said, with these two teams, and the reason I think they're not going to go anywhere is consistency. I just simply think these two teams cannot say consistent. I guess, you know, when you go
0: with the Chargers, I feel the same way about the Chargers as well. I just am more high on the Texans because they have shown me a little bit more than what the Chargers have shown me, especially when they went head-to-head. I mean, the Texans beat the Chargers in Los Angeles, so it just kind of goes to show you what they are capable of, and obviously, yeah, the last two games, they have not put up the big numbers that we are accustomed to seeing, but I just think that this is a young core, especially that offensive line, has talent, unlike last year. They did not have that much talent. They've really reached that offensive line. I just think it's going to take a little bit more time for them to kind of gel together. And when that does happen, I see them going a lot further than what people think. But let's get into the opposite side of this. Some teams that were looking great out of the gate. We had a ton of undefeated teams. We had five total teams this past weekend that were undefeated coming into the weekend. And now they have a loss on the board. And those teams consist of the Los Angeles Rams, the Green Bay Packers, the Detroit Lions, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Buffalo. Low bills. So, Casey, we are going to do a little game kind of like we did in the last episodes, and we are going to see if these teams are going to bounce back or are they going to fall flat. So, let's get started with your Los wow. Angeles Rams. You, oh, did yeah. not, you did not get to catch the game this past weekend. What do you think about these Rams? Are they going to
1: bounce back or are they going to fall flat? Well, I'll tell you what. I do not like the Seattle Seahawks. Let it be known that they are my least favorite team in the National Football League. A huge game in that 12th man in Seattle at Century CenturyLink Field this Thursday. Thursday night football. Catch that game on NFL Network at 8.20 Eastern Time, 7.20 Central Time. That is a huge game, but I think the Rams will definitely bounce back in that game simply because Sean McVay is 3-1 and one against Seattle in his tenure with the Rams. 2-0 and last season. I think He's going to continue that streak. What they need to do and what has to happen this week, get Todd Gurley the ball, man. That's the 2017 Offensive Player of the Year, a three-time Pro Bowler. Get that man the ball. Why are you throwing it 68 times a game? I don't understand that. Which is the third highest
0: amount of passing attempts in the Super Bowl era, which was absolutely Crazy. I could not believe that he put that many uh, passing attempts in the hands of Jared Goff. Obviously, he looked like he struggled. He had three interceptions, a fumble return for a touchdown by his former teammate and Dominican Sue. I mean, I guess when anybody's gonna pass that much, you're bound to throw you know some interceptions in that. I mean, he basically threw the ball for two games worth almost. I mean, it's crazy, but I'm gonna have to agree with you with the Rams. They are gonna bounce back. They are easily one of the best teams in the NFL right now. they have a tough game this Thursday obviously against Seattle and I think a lot of those struggles against Tampa Bay was because probably because they were looking past the Bucks. they were probably really looking forward to going to Seattle a huge road division game probably you know with the two teams that we think are that are going to compete for the NFC West title but looking at their schedule coming up you know they play the Seahawks this Thursday obviously that's probably going to be the hardest game on their upcoming schedule then they got the Niners and then they got the Falcons and Bengals which I think that they're going to be favored in all of those games so I think it's going to be looking up for the Rams I definitely think they are going to bounce back but let's get into our next team here and we got the Green Bay Packers obviously they were in an awesome game last Thursday against the Philadelphia Eagles Casey do you think they are going to bounce back or do you think
1: they are going to fall flat I'm kind of indifferent with Green Bay and Dallas because only because they play each other this week, and I really think that's anyone's game, and I think the key to that game is going to be QB play. Is Dak Prescott going to continue to do what he did in those first two games, or is he going to come out and is he not going to play good like he did this past week against the Saints? Because he certainly did not look his best out there, and if he wants that contract, then he better come out there, beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. But on the other hand, if the Packers come out there and beat Dallas, they will for real show that. They are the class of the NFC North. But it's it's just too up in the air right now. Green Bay and Dallas, I think, are really similar teams. They've had solid defensive play, which wasn't expected coming into this season, and their offense has been up and down. Now, Aaron Rodgers threw for over 400 yards last week. If he can do that again against Dallas, pencil them in for this game. Out of these two teams, I have to take Green Bay, simply because I have more confidence in their coaching staff. Matt LaFleur has done a great job controlling that defense. He's got that defense looking very great. I think he can hold Dallas to 10 points or less just like the Saints did last week. If the Saints can do it, I think Green Bay can. Their defenses look solid. Green Bay, we know Aaron Rodgers is going to come out and play good in those big games. Aaron Rodgers, that defense, give me Green Bay between Dallas and Green Bay.
0: And I'm going to have to agree with you again on this, is that the intangibles with these two teams that are playing this weekend with the Dallas Cowboys and the Green Bay Packers, they both have great defenses. They both looked great coming out of the gate, but I got to tell you after seeing what occurred in New Orleans with Dallas, I kind them hesitant to be on the Cowboy train right now because they finally played a good team you know starting off the season they beat the Giants they beat the Redskins they beat the Dolphins with those three teams combined they only have two wins and that's with Daniel Jones starting as a New York Giant which they didn't get to play against in that first game uh, for the for week one against the Giants there in Dallas so I got to tell you man I am NOT high on the Dallas Cowboys right now with the Green Bay Packers they both have great defenses I think the one tangible is, is one team has Dak Prescott, the other one has Aaron Rodgers. And I think that Aaron Rodgers and that Green Bay uh, Packers defense are going to come out fired up. They are not going to lose two in a row. And I think that they are going to give Dallas their second loss in a row. And I think that they are going to win this game. Now, another team that is surprisingly was undefeated coming into this weekend, even though they had a tie in week one, was the Detroit Lions. So what do you think about
1: the Detroit Lions? Are they going to fall flat or are they going to bounce back? I think the Detroit Lions could not have a better team time for a bye week, Juni. They have a very tough schedule ahead of them. They got two division games. They go at Green Bay after the bye week, then they play the Vikings at home. Those two games right there are going to decide and see really where the Detroit Lions fit in this divisional picture. They're 2-1 and 1 right now. A lot of people didn't expect them to start that hot, but I really personally think that the Detroit Lions have what it takes to compete in this division. This is a very, very tough division, but if they can get through this two-division game stretch right here, and even go 1-1 in those two games, they got a favorable schedule coming up after that. they got home against the Giants, and then they go to Oakland to play the Raiders, which are two very winnable games. So just based off their upcoming schedule after the bye week, if If they can keep from staying stagnant after the bye week, which is hard for a lot of teams, I think they're going to be okay. Matthew Stafford has looked good. That defense has certainly looked good. They got all the weapons they need on offense. Marvin Jones has looked good so far. Kenny Galladay has looked excellent as that number one receiver. If they can keep that offense going, get through this tough two-division game stretch, and then keep the wheels rolling after that, I think they're going to be fine. See, I don't, I don't have any faith in Matt Patricia and the Detroit Lions, if I'm going to be
0: frank with you. Yeah, they got two big wins against the Philadelphia Eagles and the Los Angeles Chargers, but I think that those wins that they got were more due to the other team's mistakes rather than what they did to win the game. Uh, like you said, coming out of the bye week, they got Minnesota and Green Bay. Um, I think that those are t- going to be two losses for the Detroit Lions, and I think that it's going to set them back. A lot of teams, when they go into their bye week, either come out hot or they come out flat and I just see Detroit being a team that's really gonna come out flat uh, coming out of this bye week after uh, week five so I just don't really see much out of them like I I get it like they were contenders back when you know Matthew Stafford had Calvin Johnson but I just really don't see that much talent on that team and I think yes they got a hot start but I think they've had some lucky breaks uh, getting them to where they are now especially you know when you tie with a team like Arizona who doesn't have a win yet it kind of shows you that you know what they can be when another team is you know giving them their best game and not making mistakes like the Los Angeles Chargers and the Philadelphia Eagles did. But let's get to our next team here. The other team that we talked about that are playing the Green Bay Packers this week is the Dallas Cowboys. Are they going to fall flat or are they going to
1: bounce back? Well, like I said, in that matchup right there, it's Aaron Rodgers, it's Dak Prescott, it's those two defenses. Give me Aaron Rodgers, give me the Green Bay defense. I don't see Dallas looking good. I think they're down right now and hurt after that New Orleans loss. I think they were really coming into that game hoping they could get a win and really thinking that they were the class of the NFC in that game. And they, I think they really thought they were going to show New Orleans what was up in that game, but they didn't. They put 10 points on the board and they're facing a very tough Green Bay defense like I spoke of earlier. I think very highly of that defense since. Matt LaFleur has taken over. They have done a great job shutting high-powered offenses down so far this year, and I think that's exactly what they're going to do against Dallas this Sunday. Green Bay is going to shut that defense down. Dak Prescott's going to return to his former self, and he's not going to show out there against Green Bay. Dallas is not going to bounce back.
0: I also have them falling flat, too. Other than this New York Jets game that they have after they play the Packers, they got to play the Eagles. They got to play the Daniel Jones-led Giants. They got to play the Vikings. And, you know, like I said, they started off this year playing the Giants Redskins and Dolphins I just really don't see this team um, you know coming back from that they've been playing weak teams Casey like I just don't think that they are as good as people made them out to be yeah they started off 3-0 great but they just lost to a Teddy Bridgewater led Saints team even though that defense is great I'm saying that right now that Saints defense is great especially when they're playing at home but with that being said man I just don't see the Cowboys you know being that great of a team when they go up against competition like that if Dak Prescott can't make plays and score more than 10 points against a good defense like that Green Bay Minnesota like they play New England later on like those defense the Bears like those defenses are going to eat them up they got the Rams as well like they got all these teams all these great defenses I just don't think that if he's going to play like that against good competition that this Cowboys team is going to be in contention. So with that being said, let's get to our last team, our very last team. That's the Buffalo Bills. You were on the Buffalo Bills.
1: I'm not so much on the Buffalo Bills, but are they going to bounce back? Or are they going to fall flat? I'm still on that Buffalo train right there. Keep it rolling. I think the Bills are certainly going to bounce back. They go to Tennessee this weekend, and you know how I feel about Tennessee. Totally inconsistent. Buffalo's going to sure as heck shut down that Tennessee offense that I don't think very much of at all. I think they can hold them to 15 points or less. If they can hold the mighty Patriots to 16 points, I think they can certainly hold the Tennessee Titans to 10 or less. Give me the Bills. I think the Bills are definitely going to bounce back. I love that defense. Josh Allen is only getting better with more experience experience. I think he's going to show out in that game have a breakout game and Buffalo is going to shut Tennessee down. Now we got to remember that
0: Josh Allen was sent out for concussion protocol and we don't know if he's going to play so Matt Barkley might play in that game but you know I think that they are actually going to fall flat. I mean they got to play the New England Patriots again they got to play you know other great teams coming up on the schedule. The only really games that I can see them for sure getting wins in is against their you know AFC East counterparts with the Jets having you know losing their quarterback and then the Miami Dolphins being the abysmal football team that they are so I just really don't see the Buffalo Bills being that great yeah they held the New England Patriots in check but again like we took we got to put this in context Casey the New England Patriots didn't have their best game offensively Tom Brady looked very very mediocre I didn't think he looked that great at all and so when you put that into context they were playing the Patriots at home you know a lot of hype the crowd was excited I just don't think that the Bills are going to be good going into the stretch but as of right now yeah they've been playing great but but, you know, when they start playing better competition, you know, later on in the season outside of the two weak AFC East teams, I just don't see them, you know, being in contention for the playoffs.
1: We are now going to get into a quick break. But before that, we got some good stuff coming up for you all. We got the year of the backup QB. We will give you our takes on that. And then we got our two special segments that you can count on us every week Warner's Wages and Riddle Rankings coming up here next on the Joes on the Pros podcast.
0: I gotta say, this year in the NFL, it has been a crazy turn of events when it comes to quarterbacks, whether it's them, you know, getting injured, retirement, getting benched. It has been the year of the backup. There has been an array of backups starting to get their opportunity in the spotlight and actually getting some success for their respective teams. And it just seems like some of these, some of these backups are really kind of rejuvenating their organizations. And I gotta tell you, Casey, you know, it's early in the season. They're getting starts. Not a lot of these teams have film or have game plan for some of these backups. So that's why a lot of these guys are getting some early starts now, you know, with the handful of them that we have, which are the ones that you think are going to, you know, lead their team, you know, whether it's going to be towards a winning record or actually getting into playoff contention.
1: Give me Teddy Touchdown, Mr. Teddy Bridgewater from University of Louisville. And give me Uncle Rico, the Gardner Minshew. Now, I will tell you why I like these two guys. And simply for the simple fact, all they got to do is game manage. All they have to do is game manage because the Saints, you know Drew Brees is coming back in about five to six weeks. You know that's going to be a good team when he gets back. They got a good defense. They got weapons. They got Alvin Kamara. So if you're Teddy Bridgewater, all you got to do is game manage, my man. You got to get the ball to Alvin Kamara. You got to trust in your defense. And not make mistakes. You got to do what you did Sunday night against the Cowboys. Even if you score 12 points, you know that defense is going to come out there and show out. They showed out against the Cowboys, gave up only 10 points to them. So Teddy game manage and Gardner Minshew game manage. Now I'll tell you, he did have a good week last week. He showed some, you know, some promise. He was 19 of 33, 213 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. That is all he needs to do. Leonard Fournette ran for over 200 yards. That's what he needs to do as well. Feed Leonard Fournette. Trust in that defense and manage the game, my man. If you go out there and have a game like that every week, throw no interceptions, have little mistakes as possible, and feed that beast that is Leonard Fournette, Teddy Touchdown and Uncle Rico are going to be successful from here on out. And we got to make it
0: known, Casey, that you are really high on this
1: guy, Gardner Minshew and
0: the Jacksonville Jaguars. You think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win the AFC South? Still do. That's right. He really does. And I got to disagree with that completely. You know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I don't think are as talented as other teams that are using these backups. I think that, yeah, they have Leonard Fournette, but obviously he's been a little bit inconsistent this season, not putting up the numbers that a lot of people had expected him outside of that game that he just had this weekend against Denver. But with that being said, going forward, I got Teddy Bridgewater as well you know the New Orleans Saints are such a stacked team bottom to top they're well coached with Sean Payton they got offensive weapons like you mentioned with Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas is a top five receiver in this league he is absolutely balling out even with Teddy Bridgewater uh, Teddy Bridgewater has gotten two huge wins obviously going against the Seattle Seahawks and the Dallas Cowboys his first two starts you know he struggled against the Rams when they played in LA but that's going to be any backup when you're taking those uh, backup snaps and pat in practice, you're not preparing to be in the starting role, you're not really a part of the game plan, and now that he is a part of the game plan, and they know that he is going to be the starter for the coming weeks until Breeze can come back, he is really showing that he can lead this team, whether it's an ugly win like they had in Dallas, or a really impressive win putting up a ton of points against the Seattle Seahawks, it shows that no matter what situation that he's being put in, that he can get the job done. Now, my other guy that I'm going to have to disagree with you about is also in the AFC South, and that is Jacoby Brissett. this guy has looked really, really impressive, getting big wins over the Atlanta Falcons and there against their rival in the Tennessee Titans. It, I just feel like the Tennessee Titans can never catch a break with the Indianapolis Colts no matter who's starting that quarterback. Manning, Jacoby Brissett, Andrew Luck, it doesn't matter. The Colts own the Tennessee Titans. It is crazy how that team just dominates them. Um, even when they came to their field, it just the field set on fire when they when they were coming out for the <laughs> entrances. It just seems like the Titans can never get a break against the Colts. But this Colts team coming into the year when we thought that Andrew Luck was going to be starting at quarterback, a lot of people had this team competing with the Kansas City Chiefs and the New England Patriots for the AFC Championship. Like they have a stacked defense, they have a great offensive line, they got Devin Funches and then T. Y. Hilton and and great tight ends like Jack Doyle and Ebron, even though he had a couple drops against the Oakland Raiders, he's still a good weapon. And then also Mac, you know, they got the running game set up. They are a very well-rounded team. And when you have talent like that, and you have a quarterback that's willing to come in there and put up those numbers, you know, I think that he can lead them to success. I have them as the second-best team in the AFC South, and I think that they can really push for a wild card spot come to the end of the season if he can just stay as consistent as he's been playing.
1: Now, those two quarterbacks we mentioned in the AFC South are making that division very hard for a team to stick out. You would think the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson would make a jump right there and take advantage of those two backup quarterbacks. They are not looking as good as we thought. Those two backup quarterbacks are in the AFC South, a division that we don't know who's going to come out of. But now we will move on into Riddle's rankings. We are going to see who Junie thinks is his top teams after a rough week of teams that we thought might be, you know, in the top 10 solidified. Some teams took big losses like the Rams Now, who do you got in your top 10 this week, Junie? All right, Casey, let's get it started with the Riddle Rankings. At number 10, even though I am down on
0: them, I do not think that they are contenders right of now. I have the Buffalo Bills. I have to put the Buffalo Bills in here because they did look impressive against New England. I think going down the stretch, they're going to struggle a little bit more. But as of right now, the Bills are at number 10 because of how great that defense has been. And Josh Allen so far has been pretty impressive. He struggled against New England against a real defense. But I think that if the Bills, you know, you know, keep showing out against teams like like the Miami Dolphins and the New York Jets, teams that they should beat, I mean, they could possibly sneak into that last wildcard spot. I don't think they're going to do it. I think that they are a very mediocre team, but as of right now, the way they're playing, I can't lead them out of the rankings. Coming in at number nine, I have the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, if they were going to take a loss to the Green Bay Packers uh, last Thursday, they were probably going to have to fall out of the Riddle's rankings, but that team is too talented, especially when they get Deshaun Watson back. I expect them to go up in these rankings because of how talented they are. They are well coached. Carson Wentz is a great quarterback in my opinion. Yes, he can be inconsistent at times, but when he is at his best, he is at an MVP level. Coming in at number eight, I have the Dallas Cowboys and another team that I don't know if they're going to be in the Riddles rankings for much longer because they are now starting to get into the meat of their schedule. We are finally getting to see this team go up against some of the best competition in the league and especially when they start competing against with the Daniel Joneses and the Giants and then you got to play the Eagles twice again this season and other teams like the Vikings the Packers, the Patriots. Man, the Los Angeles Rams, I gotta tell you, man, I don't know where they're gonna go, but as of right now, they are number eight because of how impressive they've been through the first four weeks, although they took that bad loss against New Orleans. Coming in at number seven, we have the Seattle Seahawks, and there is only one reason why they are number seven, and that is because of Russell Wilson and his consistency. Russell Wilson, in my opinion, is a top five quarterback in this league, and if he keeps playing as consistent as he is in that defense can hold some of these offenses that they are playing against, I don't see them you know, move much further than that because they have been a very very consistent team this year Um, and so they are coming in at number seven number six a team that has jumped in for the first time in the riddles rankings is the Chicago Bears yeah they had a you know a rough start to the season going up against the Green Bay Packers but they are now sitting at 3-1 and that defense is looking as great as ever they looked stunning against Washington and I just think that they are gonna going to continue to win that team games yes Mitchell Trubisky is a liability and he's probably going to be out this coming weekend but if that's that defense keeps playing how they're playing, it doesn't matter who's starting at quarterback. Offense wins games, defense wins championships. The Bears have one of the best defenses in the league. Give me the Bears at number six. Number fives, I have the Rams coming in at number five. Yes, they fell back a little bit. Anytime you lose to a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are not that good, you are going to fall back a little bit. Jared Goff obviously struggled a lot, but I think it had to do with the game plan and the fact that he had to throw the ball 68 times, which is absurd when you have a great running back like Todd Gurley. Obviously, I think the Rams are going to bounce back. They are a very talented team, but they are coming in at number five. At number four, we still have the Green Bay Packers there at number four. Even though they lost against the Philadelphia Eagles, they really had an opportunity to win that game twice. They got in the red zone. They they didn't get it on a fourth down conversion. And then when they got the ball again, marched down the field. Aaron Rodgers threw the interception that sealed the game and gave the Philadelphia Eagles the win. They are still a talented team. Aaron Rodgers and that offense looked like a normal Packer offense again. And if that defense, you know, can step back and get out of that, you know, how they played against Philadelphia and get back to that hard-nosed defense like they were playing prior, this team is going to easily be in contention for not only the NFC North, but for the NFC entirely. And then coming in at number three, and this is going to be a surprise to Casey, but give me the Saints. The Saints look amazing this past weekend that defense is absolutely elite and they are showing you why they are in this position even without drew Brees, that defense is super elite they got talent everywhere whether it's uh cam jordan or that secondary that is just literally giving dak prescott fits I think that their schedule is favorable for them, you know, until Drew Brees comes back. So give me the Saints at number three. They have too much talent not to be in the Riddle rankings. And then number one and number two has not changed since we started the Riddle rankings. Number two, we had the Kansas City Chiefs. Obviously, Mahomes is Mahomes, and he is going to do Mahomes things, and he is going to keep this Kansas City Chiefs up. They are still undefeated. They had a tough road game against the Detroit Lions, and, and the you know the Lions gave them a pretty solid game. And I got to hand it to Detroit; they really did. But you know, Mahomes in the end is going to make those plays and that offense is probably easily the best offense in the league so they come in at number two with that four0 record and the number one easily no question even though they got kind of brought down to earth a little bit this week going into Buffalo it's still the New England Patriots that defense is still elite it is easily the number one defense in the National Football League and you know whenever you still have Tom Brady and he's still playing as good as he is although he struggled against the bills he you have to keep them at number one until somebody can knock them off. So that is this week's Riddles Rankings.
1: Now, building off of the riddle Rankings, I will go into my first Warner Wages game of the week, and that is the mighty New England Patriots Heading to Washington, D.C., to take on those Redskins who have not looked good so far. Give New England those points. That is a 15 and a half point spread right there. I think New England's going to lay down the wood on the Washington Redskins. No way the Redskins come within 16 points in that one. Give New England that 15 and a half point spread. They will kill the Washington Redskins. Next game I got in the Warner Wages, I got Green Bay heading to Dallas. I will take that spread. That is a three and a half point spread in Dallas. Dallas's favor. I'll take the points there because Green Bay, simply, I think is going to beat Dallas, first of all, and if they don't, it's going to be a very close game that comes down to the last possession. As I discussed earlier, I love that defense. I love Matt LaFleur and the offensive-defensive mindset he has brought to that team. A lot of improvement from Green Bay. If Aaron Rodgers throws for 400 yards again, pencil them in for a win in Dallas. My next game I got, I got Indianapolis heading to Kansas City. That's an 11-point spread right there. I'm taking the points in that one, too. I think the Colts are going to give Kansas City a good game. I think that defense, even though they're battered like Noah discussed earlier, I think they're going to catch Kansas City off guard and surprise them a little bit. I think they can put a little bit of points on the board in a shootout kind of game against Kansas City. You know they're going to bring their A game. Everybody brings their A game against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And then my last game we got here on the Warner Wages for this week, we got Arizona heading to Cincinnati. That is a three-point spread right there. Tough game to pick right there. But I'll tell you what, after watching that Monday night football game, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh, I saw nothing from Cincinnati, man. Cincinnati looks like one of the worst teams in the league. I know you'd certainly agree with me on that. I think Arizona's not only going to cover that spread, but they're going to beat Cincinnati. I think they could very well beat the crap out of Cincinnati. And do you want to know why that Arizona's going to beat Cincinnati? Why's that? I can guess. Because Andy
0: Dalton is a
1: scrub. Man, I'm a i a
0: bona fide
1: Scrub Never would have thought He would say that I know his love for Andy Dalton Is at the utmost high Of all of his quarterbacks (laughs) But yes That will finish out Our Warner Wages For this week Keep an eye on All four of those games Good games right there And we will Send it to Junie right here. What do you got to say?
0: Nah, I just wanted to say, Casey went 2-2 and on his last Warner Wages. I think that he kind of learned from some of his mistakes, so I got to agree with him on a lot more of these picks other than the ones that he had on our previous episode, so keep a look out on those, and you got it. You got the real rankings. You got the Warner Wages. This is the Joes on the Pros podcast. Stay tuned with us. We drop episodes every Thursday. Follow us on Twitter at Joes on the Pros, and just stick with us here, and we will catch you after all the action that occurs on week five of the National Football League.